0: Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host,
1: Jerry. Hello, welcome to Game Master Studios, where we're talking tabletop role playing games, tips and tricks to help bring your game up to the next level. Today, we're actually checking in with a bonus episode on our PortCon 2017 After Action Report. We attended, we had a lot of fun. We wanted to talk to you about what was going on. My name is Jerry, aka Frieden, host and moderator for the show. With me in the studio is Jared, aka DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath, and semi-professional DM, and Ed. Hello, PortCon 2018. Uh, we went to PortCon 2017. Uh huh. PortCon 2018 isn't for like a year. I just wanted to be first. All right then. So the the quick takeaway right up front, we had we went to PortCon 2017, <laughs> uh-huh. um, which was July or June 22nd to the 25th. Yes. Yes. Um, Don't ask dates. (laughs) Thursday to Sunday. um, We had a lot of fun. We are looking forward to going back next year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Friday, we went and we had our panel discussion for the Game Master Studio question and answer. Mm -hmm. We had, I think, a bigger turnout than we were expecting. Definitely. You know, just that great moment beforehand where we're, we're like, oh, this is the line for the Game Master Studio OK, yeah. Uh, can we talk to security or somebody about getting in in front here?
2: Yeah. Jared and I actually started in the panel that was going on in the same room beforehand. Uh, we'd heard Jerry's voice, so I decided to leave to coordinate uh, whatever we needed. And then there were people lining up behind us and uh, we probably shouldn't have. We we're kind of trolling a little bit, but we kind of we were just talking about, oh, yeah, this is that panel. We didn't tell him that we were you know the panelists or anything like that but yeah, it was it
1: was I, pretty I heard they talk about RPGs and the yeah. advice on running it
2: Yeah, trying to pump people up, try to get them in the in the crowd.
1: Yeah. Um and so way too many people were like, is this the line for the Naruto panel? No. Uh, no. no. Um I mean, yes. Only um, because you can't leave panel rooms once you get come in, right? That's a rule, right? Uh so yeah, we we had our panel, crowd started off a little quiet. We mm-hmm. got a little bit of Good chance to explain who we were what we did and people started to warm up to us we got into some good dialogues we got to talk um, I do appreciate there's one person who stood up and they're like I'm considering GMing for the first time and I'm a yes. little terrified like what advice can you give me to, to help me out with that and they seemed like they had a much better uh, outlook on it when we were done. Yeah, you know, And some other good questions through there. We actually wound up running into the time limit. We had to kind of cut everything short. Yeah, Talked with a couple of the fans you know, outside afterwards. Um, but a really positive reception we're looking at. Like we said, going back next year, uh, we've discussed running multiple panels due to the response that we had from this first one. So we're going to see how that works out. It's up in the air. We'll figure it out. And, of course, as we get closer to PORCON 2018, we'll let you know what's going on with that. Um, Ed and Jared both ran games and in the game room. Uh, do you guys want to talk about it? Who wants to go first? I should go first because Ed's is better. Okay. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. It's gonna be a hard act.
2: To now you're gonna put me on you're gonna put me on some pressure. Well, uh, yours ended I'm, I'm, in, I'm, a, I'm, in
0: in a different manner than mine
1: did. I'm really <laughs> I'm really excited because I've heard bits and pieces about Jared's game and it sounds like it was a lot of fun, and I haven't heard as much about yours. Yeah. So <laughs>
2: i hope i paint a really good picture when it's my turn
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh yeah i ran a game
0: i had five players i just gave them some prefab characters that i actually took from the wizards uh, D D website uh, so that way i just knew everything was built uh, pretty much uh, evenly maybe a little generically but uh, you know everyone be kind of on the same power level i didn't have to worry about that my game was just um, basically just like a very fun lax kind of game Fifth level players, I mean, they encountered mostly goblins and then like a big demon at the end. Uh, but yeah, I had a, I had a blast. Uh, the players also, they had a great time. Uh, a couple of moments that kind of stood out to me. Uh, the I think one of the, the big first highlights was or actually probably the biggest highlight of the game was the the first like mid level encounter I had planned was for like this goblin shaman that I kind of based off the cultist um, uh, stat block in the the monster manual. And I had, you know, planned on this being kind of like you know a, a decent kind of like first like real little bit of a challenge for a combat encounter after them just basically murdering some goblins. And the the two people that encounter this is the the uh, halfling thief or halfling rogue, I should say, uh, is the first person to to show up and and see this goblin shaman, and then right behind him is the fighter. But the the halfling seeing this. Yeah, uh, scar riddled uh, goblin shaman. The first thing they decided to do is basically try to lie to the shaman. Is what he decided to do. Is really what he um yeah. He, you know, he decides. He, I don't want to fight this guy. I'm just going to trick him. So the fighter, seeing kind of what's going down, decides to actually keep about 10 feet back and just like, I don't want to screw this up. So they just kind of like stay quietly in the background instead of like jumping into, you know, combat, which is typically what you see a lot of fighters doing. Like, oh, I'm I'm here, too. I'm going to fight this thing. But they like, you know, they're like, I, I don't want to screw this up. I'm going to stay back. And the halfling pulls out a gold coin and tells the goblin shaman that it's a magical gold coin. Nice. And that whoever uh, receives this gold coin uh or yeah, if you give this gold coin to somebody, then that person becomes your slave. Like they have to do what you tell them to do. They become your pawn, your puppet. And the the shaman, you know, not being stupid, you know, he's a spellcaster. He he's like, Well, I mean if 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 that's how the coin works, then I don't don't I don't want the coin because you're gonna give it to me and I don't want to be your puppet. So the is like, I understand, I understand. Drops the coin on the ground. I'm not giving it to you. I just dropped it. The shaman's like, Oh, you're tricky. You're very tricky. I think I see what you're doing. Well, I don't, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, take you guys in. I got, I got to pay homage to my master. There's this big bag, you know, basically like the, the shaman or the, yeah, the, uh, he's saying he's working for somebody. He's trying to gather food, uh, you know, goods, money, anything he can. And the halfling convinces him that like, well, if you have a master, that's going to grant you power instead of paying the homage, Why don't you just give them this coin and then they become your puppet and you can force them to, then in turn give you the power that they said they would if they have the power to give you power give them this coin make them give you the power oh that's a good yo you're very tricksy you're very tricksy okay so he picks up the coin then he's like but kind of wary that he just fell into a trap he's like tell me to sit what just just tell me to sit uh okay, sit. No! Ha <laughs> ha! Ah you're good. You're very good, Halfling. Ha <laughs> ha ah yes, I guess I guess you're I guess you're correct. I did not fall under your spell. Now I have the magic coin. Ah <laughs> ha Uh so like he'd convinced the you know, now having tricked this goblin shaman that they're friends and he now has a magical coin, he tells him that he'll give him four wagons worth of goods and, and uh and money. If he just tells him the location where to bring it to, he'll bring it to him so he can, like, summon this demon like he's supposed to to get this power. So, he, uh, the, the goblin tells him where to meet him at dawn. The goblin goes off. The halfling goes back to the town that had asked him for his, you know, him and his compatriots' help. Uh, you know, they do some interrogating of the goblins they left alive. They find out some more information. They bring four mostly empty wagons. They brought they put some, quote-unquote, salted and seasoned meats, uh, just a little bit, like a plateful, in each wagon just so there'd be an aroma or a smell coming from all these different wagons. Uh, while most of the party were just hiding in the wagons. And they go and they subterfuge most of the, the final encounter as well. Like, you know, they can, you know they kind of trick the
1: shaman, uh, the the demon uh, that they have to fight. Well, they kind of have the expectation at this point that the shaman is easily tricked. Yes, that's very <laughs> true. Uh,
0: so the shaman, they actually let this... They decide that they're going to let the shaman open this portal. Because the, the shaman says he's going to have has to open a portal... And they have this big conversation, like, do we just kill the shaman so the portal can't open? Or do we let him open the portal so then we can kill the demon on its own plane, therefore actually killing the demon? Instead of, you know, that way we don't have to deal with this again in another, like, three months. You know, when he tricks somebody else. So they let him open the portal. Uh, you know, shenanigans ensue. Some combat happens. The the dwarf uh, thinks he's a little bit tricksy, and he comes over and you now gets too close to the portal. And tries to uh, blast this um, uh, crystal that's on the other side of the portal, supporting the the um, uh, the window that's being opened. And the demon pulls the dwarf through, uh, but the party ends up basically dropping the the demon. The dwarf gets a final blow on the demon, making him fall backwards into like this uh, like little river of lava. But before the demon uh, is uh, totally like melted into the lava, the dwarf stands up on his chest and jumps out, and everyone you know everyone gets out. But, yeah, it was a great game. Everyone had a lot of fun. Uh, Everyone told me it was a great time. They had a lot of fun, uh, especially when I was playing some goblins and and some stuff like that. You know, it was just kind of a a little bit of a silly-ish kind of game. Everyone's laughing and just having a hoot the whole time. But, yeah, Yeah. just that encounter with the shaman, like, I I kind of wish I just had it, like, videotaped or or recorded because it was, like, it was just this great, (laughs) you know, like, uh, exchange with I'm tricking you into having. And then the other thing, too, is at the very end, the shaman tried to give the halfling the coin back. To try to trick him. Okay. He was like, he was like, uh, I think, it, yeah, I think it was the halfling you tried to give it to. Cause he's like, cause the halfling went over. He's like, okay, I'm going to finish up. And like, we took care of the demon. I'm going to, you know, end the shaman. And the shaman's like, no, 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 no. Here. Ha ha ha. He gets down on his hands and knees. And he's like, no, no, here, take all my money. Don't kill me and takes the one coin out of his, like, his jacket and drops it into the bag and tries to give it to the halfling. And the halfling's like, oh, thanks for your money. Takes it. He's like, now don't kill me. Save me. And he's like, no, ha, 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 stab. <laughs> 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 so that was kind of like a great little, like, uh comedic climax at the end there. Nice callback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it was great.
1: I had a lot of fun. They had a lot of fun. Uh, I definitely look forward to running some more games again next time. And then you also had the... Uh One of the original Mad Doc design maps you printed up gave away.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Um, uh, I didn't do my typical VTT thing. I, you know, no virtual tabletop or I didn't even bring my laptop to the convention, but I did print up a custom made map. I mean, it was a little bit of on the generic side compared to what I usually do. But it was this uh, black rocky kind of field, again, with like a lava river kind of going on for a big climax encounter that we had uh and i asked any of the players if they normally use battle maps and one uh, most of them said they actually don't but one of them did and i asked if he was interested in the map so i let him have it and he was
1: snatched it right up super excited to get a free map out of the deal yeah cool and probably got some good stories that he'll go share and kind can...
0: oh yeah that dude that, the dude that took the map he was actually the one that played the dwarf cleric and like the game was over i was thanking everyone for you know playing You know chatting a little bit with the halfling guy he uh he stuck around and we chatted for about 15 minutes or so but the guy that was playing the dwarf he was telling me story like about like the role-playing background story for his character that was going to like stretch beyond the game because they actually sound like they had this encounter with this little girl whose family was slaughtered by the goblins and he's like, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to give the little girl, like, the, the the crossbow that the goblin stole from her father, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to raise her up as a cleric, and I'm going to teach her the ways of, uh, of Paylor. palor. <laughs> really got into it. Yeah, yeah, like, he was like, like, he had, like, three pages of, like, basically, like, the equivalent of, like, three pages of, like, written story, like, continuing the story of his character, I was like you can keep the character sheet if you want, man. (laughs) Like, if you want to, like, if you're going to continue a story, you might as well have a stat log. Like, I just printed these off. He's yours now. Because the other thing is, the the sheets didn't have names, so it's like, everyone make up a name and a quick little like, brief, basic background you know, for your character. So he's like, oh yeah, he's this guy, and this is his deal and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to take her under my wing and I'm going to teach her how to be the cleric. And, you know, she'll be a greater cleric than even I someday. And all this stuff. I was like, hey, man, right on.
1: That's awesome. Here, here keep the character sheet. Keep the map. Have a ball. <laughs> nice. So uh, sounds kind of fun. And then uh, your game was running kind of concurrently. Ed's game was same time, other side of the room. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, sort of.
2: Yeah,
0: I ran my game 11 to 5. And I think, Jared, you ran... Mine was supposed to be one to no, I'm sorry, two to six. It was supposed to be four hours. We actually started about 15 minutes early and ended about an hour early. So mine ran about three, almost three and a half hours ish. But so we ended up ending about the same about the same time. So I got to go over and witness the ending of of Ed's game. Yeah. (laughs) Did you mention the name of your game? Oh, mine was Into the Breach. I did not mention that. No, it was a fifth edition D and D game. Uh, Yeah, it was called Into the Breach.
2: Yep. Uh, so when so with my game, I ran a game called for King and country. And the basic idea was that all of the player characters had known this, uh, uh, the captain of the Kings guard. And then shortly after the King got killed, uh, there was an uprising in the city. So he called all of the characters back to try to quell the uprising. Um, it was a pretty fun game. I, I, I think, uh, my players and I had a lot of fun with it. There were some really cool moments. Uh, in one of the first fights, the paladin used Misty Step to do a uh, falling attack on top of a troll and ripped him apart with. Uh, like just uh,
1: teleport straight up and drop down on him.
2: Basically, like yeah, he just Misty stepped like thirty feet above above him. So I'm like, yeah, go for it, man! And he uh, he he did it, and uh, that was a pretty cool moment. Uh, we had. Um. Man, we had uh, assassins, we had, you know, big brutes, we had all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, One of the one of the coolest parts of the game that I think the players really liked, and I'm really proud of that they liked, because Jared can attest to this. We had the same hotel room. So the night before my game, I was racking my brain for this like sort of riddle puzzle trap thing for the characters to go through. And then I finally finalized it and I thought to myself, I don't know, but it's finalized, so I'll use it. We get through it in the game and there's this riddle they have to solve. It gives them all the clues that they need for a combination later so that they survive in uh, an arrow thing uh, and an arrow hall and a a room that filled up with water and all this stuff. And all of that was to lead to them getting more information about these uh, this uprising. Um, And as we were playing through it, the players were having A lot of fun figuring out the little clues and how to make it through some of the traps. And uh, that was definitely a proud moment for me, because at the end of that, you know, or or really through that, watching them all make their way through it. uh, That was I thought that was awesome. Uh, One of my favorite points uh, of sort of GM ad libbing was one of the encounters was in a theater while the evil bard uh, was starring in a production so, at the, um, I can't think of the word, intermission? So, at the intermission, uh, the right before the intermission, the play starts changing, and it gets really weird, and the bard starts calling out uh, the player characters who are actually, at this point, lined up or not lined up uh, who are actually at this point in the audience. And he starts like enchanting commoners around them and making them attack them. So they thought that was a pretty cool thing. And then the bard went behind the curtains and they decided, okay, well, we're going to go get him now. Um, So there were two players that were sitting right next to each other. One of them was a halfling monk. The other one was a dwarven wizard And after they had finished off the um, the commoners near them, either maybe they knocked one or two of them out or I believe the dwarf cast uh, dispel magic on them. And I said, "Okay, sure, no problem. That works. Um, The halfling decided he had to get down there quick. So he made an acrobatics check and he rolled really high. So he got up and he started hopping from. Seat to seat on people's shoulders, uh, got to the balcony because they were on the balcony and uh, dove down gracefully onto the uh, onto the little hall that leads up towards the stage and made it to the stage. And the dwarf said, OK, I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> and he now he rolled well enough that I that I was like, OK, he's going to make it. But I decided to add libit a little bit. I'm like, OK. So you get up and you start trying to do the exact same thing, but you fall right over. And then your foot gives and you start rolling towards the front of it. And then before you know it, you're hanging off the balcony. You try as you might to hold on, but then you plummet down onto a large man and his large wife. And then the people start accidentally crowd surfing you towards the front. You plop down in front of the stage. You're there. And it was pretty funny because as I was describing it, the players were kind of smiling and laughing and the guy playing the dwarf thought it was perfect. He thought it was great. Yeah. You have the, you have the graceful halfling row or a uh, uh, monk Go first and just totally nail it, and then the the dwarven wizard goes after him and just absolutely stumbles a- across everything. But because Not he
1: the same physical grace <laughs> exactly,
2: obviously because he rolled well enough to to do what I needed to do. You know, I was gonna I was gonna penalize him by like, taking damage or anything like that. Right. It was just a fun way to flavor the way he got there too, uh, and and they all loved that. And then uh, you know there was of course the ending when the the players went to confront. Uh, the uh the main battle which was actually against the kingsguard uh captain who was a level i think eight ish i mean level eight paladin and after the first two rounds of him uh casting spells he cast shield of faith and then he used his uh channel divinity for uh the holy light or whatever i can't remember what it's called but it's the uh the um the Devotion Paladin? Yeah. So he's the Order of Devotion Paladin. So he was able to give his light, uh, his weapon that magic glow and turn it magical and whatnot. So those were his first two actions. And then after that, he just started annihilating players. Um, and, and I got some big looks on that, but they were able to, what it was, was the, uh, uh, there was a secret villain, uh, who was, uh, actually out to kill the, um, the paladin himself. And it was all just a big ruse and they were able to uncover it and, and, uh, uh, save the day. Excellent. Yeah. I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, I had a blast. They all seemed to have a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm really glad that I, that I did that because it was a really good experience and I'm looking forward to doing that again next year.
1: Yep. When you, uh, we've actually been, been talking a little bit about it. It's very likely that all three of us, maybe running games next year i wasn't uh i didn't get any gaming any role-playing gaming experience and i did get a chance to hit some of the board game tables while i was down there um and yeah talk about doing panels going down for portcon 2018 which hopefully we'll be able to uh do even bigger and better
0: yeah yeah um I was there. I witnessed. I saw it. Uh, while at the end of my game, I got pats on the backs and handshakes, and I really enjoyed your game. It was a lot of fun. Ed got a round of applause. So that was the the joke of Ed's game ended better than mine. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought I would say it for him because he was, you know, probably either embarrassed or doesn't want to sound like, uh, like he's tooting his own horn. But yeah, he, I, I saw it. He got a round of applause. No, some I'm, players were standing, so you could call it a standing ovation. Yeah, yeah, there it is. That's what
2: I was waiting for. No, it's not that I didn't want to say it. It's I wanted someone else to say it about me. <laughs> yeah, it happened. I was there. I witnessed it. But hey, I mean, we all had a fun time. And yeah, I, you know, I'm just glad they had fun. And it was a, a great time. And hopefully for 2018, we're able to put on as good a show, uh, if not better, and get a good turnout.
1: I Maybe we'll even see some of you there. After my talk with Jared... Uh, Last, after he got back home, you know, we talked a little bit about what was going on. And I immediately actually started like, well, I have an idea that I could run here. So I've actually already started planning my game for the 2018
2: con. Yeah, which is sort of where the joke for the line came up. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: So we do have one other thing that we wanted to touch on. Today, which Jared will probably be doing most of the talking about, because we have finally launched our much-anticipated YouTube game, with the 360 VR recording.
2: do do doo Woo!
1: And Jared... Celebrations and stuff. If you want to uh, give a little more detail on that for the...
0: Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so our channel is now officially up and running, because we actually have a video on it, uh, Game Master Studio. Uh, we have, as Jerry said, our first episode of our 360 slash VR gameplay, uh, it's us sitting around playing some Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. I am running the game. Jerry and Ed are playing along with a couple other friends of ours. Uh, they're going to be about hour ish, 45 minutes to an hour long episodes every, uh, every week, hopefully, uh, might not be precisely weekly the first few weeks here. Uh, There's some technical things that we're dealing with, but I'm going to try to get the next episode up uh, as soon as possible. And yeah, we're super excited. It's pretty cool. Uh, It's like you're sitting at the table. So the tagline's been kind of join us at the table. Yeah. Uh, The 360 camera has the perspective of literally one of the seats at the table. You're sitting between uh, one of our friends, JR, and Jerry himself. And I'm at the head of the table running the game and everyone's just having a blast. We got uh, images of everyone's, uh, we have an artistic rendering from a friend of ours, uh, Adam Kinney, who did some art for us. He uh, drew up some, uh, each of our PCs, each of the, or each of their PCs, each of the characters. So there's an image of them sitting behind each of them. So you can kind of see an artistic uh, rendering or uh, interpretation of everyone's character. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting. It's the uh, Dark Hounds. Yeah, the Dark
1: Hounds is the name of the game. I'm sorry. Yep. Yep. Uh, and- Jared being a little humble there. Uh, also, in addition to the Adam Kinney artwork that we have for the characters, all of the maps uh, Jared has done up through the Mad Doc designs, and he he custom designs his own maps. Yeah. So all of the ones that you see us playing with are are ones that Jared has built himself. I believe uh, coming up we may have some of those available for download. Uh, Some we may be doing giveaways for, some may be available exclusively for Patreon subscribers, uh, and some just might be open giveaways. We're still working out the details on those, but uh, if you use the virtual tabletop or digital maps, they are some high quality. Yeah,
0: or if you like to print out, you could always print them out too, if you don't mind spending some monies.
1: Yep. Um, So... Join us on YouTube, uh, take a look for that. We obviously have links on our Facebook page. Uh, The Twitter is probably blasted on it. We're GMS Studios on Twitter. Uh, Our Patreon page is going to have a link, patreon.com slash gamemasterstudio. And, of course, through the homepage, gamemasterstudio.podbean.com. We will be coming back every week with more of our regular show as well. But thank you for joining us for this PortCon After Action Report. And if you can make it to PortCon 2018 to see us, well, start planning your trip now. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time we're back in the studio.